This week on Media Delta. The Dirty Pair franchise was not only one of the first anime and manga series to come to the United States and other Western territories, it served as an icon of what 80s anime was. Its two heroines and explosive action served as something that could bring worldwide audiences to a Japanese-born franchise. After being successful in Japan in both light novel and anime forms, a theatrical movie named Dirty Pair Project Eden was made. It was a critical success, an example of early anime that was brought over to the West, relatively close to when it was actually originally released. In Japan, the movie was popular enough to spawn a game for the Famicom Disk System, made by Bandai. When we looked at it during Retro Rhapsody, we found the game to be of, well, incredibly poor quality. Was the video game a sign of the quality of the movie? Or was it just another case of low-quality video games being made based on other media? Let's find out as we take a look at the movie Dirty Pair, Project Eden. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Media Delta, uh, in which we talk about movies, TV shows, games, or TV shows, books, and other things based on games that have been ranked during Retro Rank Rhapsody. Um, today's episode is kind of an interesting one because... Um, mostly when we have compared, um, like so far, all we've done are movies and OVAs, um, based on games that, uh, have generally been held in relatively high regard. Uh, this is an interesting case because, um, this is based, uh, we are doing this because of a game that we ranked that is actually currently sitting at the bottom of our resistance list. And um, that is Dirty Pair Project Eden uh, that was for the Famicom Disk System uh, based on the movie Dirty Pair Project Eden, Project Eden which is what we are talking about today. Uh, so, uh, before we get into what this is, I have two other guests with me to talk about this, kind of what's going to end up being this franchise and also this movie. So, uh, with me, I have in alphabetical order. Hi, this is Carnival. We actually got a good one this time. Yes, we'll see how good it is as we get later on. Hi, I'm Torpo, and let me tell you about my love of Dirty Pair. Yes. Um. So, yes, Dirty Pair uh, is certainly um, a thing. Uh, if you're not familiar with Dirty Pair, uh, then you're probably not familiar with 80s anime, because um, Dirty Pair is kind of almost... If you could think of any sort of anime series uh, and kind of tie it to an era, a Dirty Pair is probably the most 80s anime that you can possibly get. Shit, I thought it was Bubblegum Crisis. Well, that too, but also Dirty Pair. I, can, I bet you that I could get... I bet you Bubblegum Crisis... You know, actually, I'd take that back because without... If you go with the lineage of Bubblegum Crisis, then you'd also have Galforce, which I don't... I think kind of came out around the same time, although... If you really want to go into it, the novel started out, or that Dirty Pair is based on, started out in May 1980. So I bet you that Dirty Pair had a pretty good uh, inspiration on a lot of other anime. Then, oh my god, just get on with it. Yes. So Dirty Pair, uh, it was originally a series of novels that turned into, um, I believe, a. Uh, that turned then from the novel turned into an anime series. Uh, which then turned into uh, some OVAs and also the movie that we we're talking about now. Um, if you're not familiar, it also with got a reboot. That too, Dirty Pair Flash. Um, also, there's a weird um, American comic series done by Adam Warren. Yes. Just, just we're just not gonna. Don't worry about it. Just okay. it never happened. Okay. Okay. So, um, if you're not familiar with what Dirty Pair is, Dirty Pair is uh the kind of the not i wouldn't call it the code name because it's not their code name uh it is the kind of name that is given to uh the basically two ladies uh who are named Kay and yuri uh they are what they what are in the future referred to in the universe that they exist in they are considered trouble consultants they work for the wwwa or the World Welfare Works Association, or the 3WA. Uh, they are member, or they are people who live in the United Galactica, uh, and which basically is a bunch of a federation that has a bunch of different planets in it. And basically, what they do is they solve problems. 
Uh, and the codename that they take when to do these problems, they, they consider themselves lovely, the lovely angels. But the problem with them is, and the reason why they have the name Dirty Pair, uh, is basically they get the job done. Uh, but good luck if your planet's still existing when they are actually done. Because they basically destroy more things than they kind of... They are basically almost as destructive as the things they are trying to stop, um, which is perfectly shown off in this in this thing. So this is actually a pretty good clue or a pretty good thing to start up with if you are not familiar with the franchise. Um, this so, movie is an incredible encapsulation of everything that is Dirty Pair. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit more in depth into our two lovely angels. Um, so first off, we got K. Uh, Kay is a redhead. Uh, she is the more feisty of the two, I guess. Uh, she is more, yeah, rambunctious. Um, and uh, she is... So, one thing I go I should go into before we go into the characters is that um, this has actually been dubbed twice. Uh, there was originally a streamline dub of this that came out, I believe, in the early 90s. Uh, and then there was a later 2002 dub um, that was done by ADV. Uh, so I will be listing both voice actresses for, um, or for basically I'll list the Japanese and both American or both Western voice act or English voice actors. So for K, uh, original voice actor is Kyoko Tongo or Tongu, who did not really do much that we are probably familiar with. Uh, but I did point out two in particular that more apply to me than anyone else. Uh, she is, she voiced the main character Saru from the anime of Pro Golfer Saru, which I would mm-hmm. only point out because uh, that I think that actually just got a recent something or other based on it. But there's also another Famicom Disk System game based on that, so we might end up having to look at that sometime in the future. Uh, but the one that I more enjoy, uh, she also voiced Smith in. Uh, a anime series that I love because it's so ridiculous uh, that is named Ginga Nabiroshi uh, Jin, uh, which is basically Fist of North Star, but with dogs. Uh, it is a fascinating series, and I am very sad that there is no video game based on it, so we can't take a look at it. Damn it! Um, but uh, there, the English vo- her English voice actors are, uh, for the Streamlab dub, uh, Lara Cody and... Hammer Lauer for the ADV dub. Uh, I'm not super familiar with either of those names. Um, perhaps do either one of you familiar with it? Uh, not really, but also I'm yeah. not that familiar with a lot of voice actor names. Okay, so let me see if I can f- quick find... Um, let's see, Kaylar Cody. Uh, she has done... Um, Oh, she was the, apparently the voice of K in uh, Akira. Um, oh, she's the voice actress of Mary or Rosemary in Metal Gear Solid Two. Oh, ah, okay. Huh. Huh. Um, it's so, amazing what writing does for the for way a character is received. Then, which is a very interesting casting for her being K. Um. So, and then let's see, Pam Lauer. For the ADV dub, uh, apparently she has done K. Uh, that is like the main thing that she seems to have done. Yeah, that seems to basically be it. Um, yeah. So there's that. Also, let me make sure I got that in the order. Okay. Yeah, that is the right order. Okay. So that is K. Uh, but her partner in crime is Yuri, who is. I guess she's meant to be more of a, the traditional kind of, what is it? Not a Shiko kind of thing where she is is the traditional Japanese long hair, long blue hair, kind of more quiet, more, I guess, coy. Maybe is a, could be a a way. Barely. It's like, it's a comparative thing, but yeah. She's a bit more subdued to Kay's fiery Yes, subdued is probably a better way to describe it. Um, so, her voice, voice actresses are uh, Seiko, uh, Seiko Shimatsu, uh, 
whose other work was uh, Shinobu in Yurusei Yatsura. Um, also is the current voice of Yoshi. Huh. Um, that's, that's some stable work then. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so her voice actress in the streamlined job was Wendy Lee. And oh, in the Wendy Lee, okay. Yeah, and the okay. ADV in the ADV dub was uh, Allison Sumerall, who um, I'm going to do Allison Sumerall. Uh, let's see what she has done. Um, uh, she was Kagura in Azumanga Daio. She was um, looking through here. Uh, doesn't look like it was anything else major. She seemed to have voice acted in. Girls in Panzer. The only other name that's coming up, coming to mind. Yeah, uh, she voiced someone in Parasite. Also someone in Optote. But yeah, so she is that. And um, so also Wendy Lee. Uh, Wendy Lee being a very prolific voice actress because I can actually recognize her name. Um, you want to go through some of her voice actor cards, or do you? Hi, Shizume. Oh, right. Also, Kanata Izumi from Lucky Star. Um, I'm sorry. It's it's it. The thing is, she has so many roles that, like, other than Hi Shizuma, like, I have I have to actively think because it's it's the uh, same she, way. Like, if, go ahead. Uh, she is also Black Rose and Dot Hexine. Oh, which is going to be fitting uh, when we talk about who actually worked on this. Um, <laughs> Yui Hong Hongo from Fusugi Yugi. Um, and that seems to be... Um, oh, also Nadia from Nadia's Secret of Blue Water. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh. Yeah, also... Wait, does let some... me get a good look at this. Also... IMDb. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, seems to be Trish from Devil May Cry. Veronica. Oh, that's that's Fire Emblem Heroes. That's not that. Um, yeah, that's probably the major ones that I, I at least noticed. But I'm sure Torpa will find some more notable ones. Like I, like I said, that would be like if we got Yuri Lowenthal as one of the voice actors. It'd be like okay. He's big. It is like the list is too big to. Intrigue. Okay, y'all fucking glossed over a pretty important one, which is Faye Valentine from Cowboy Bebop. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I didn't. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I suppose that's a big one. She was also a Twilight Suzuka and Outlaw Star. Uh, let's see what else. Yeah, so Just trying to remember. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of. She's a pretty big voice actress. Um, Incredibly prolific. But yeah, those are the two um, main characters of Dirty Pair throughout the series. Um, but uh, we are specifically talking about Dirty Pair Project Eden, which is an actual theatrical film. So this actually came out in theaters, uh, as compared to the it OVAs that we've budget. looked at so far. So yes, it did have it a budget. Had money. Yes. Yes. Had a lot of money. It seemed well. It had more money than what we've seen so far. Um, I don't think it's listed here. No, it is not listed here. Um, also, I just want to point out I have IMDb um, open for the page for Dirty Pair Project Eden, uh, and there is a connection that I want to point out. Um, that I I am baffled by this connections referred to in Barbie the Pearl Princess 2014. I'm sorry. Yeah, referenced in Barbie the Pearl Princess 2014. Okay, then. Um, also, also, they're listing that it's referenced in Mulan because of the bubble bath taken? That has, that's gotta be... That's a stretch. That's definitely a stretch. Okay, maybe that's not as direct, but anyway. Um, so yeah, Sturdy Pair Project Eden. Uh, came out originally in. Just had it. Uh, came out originally November twenty eighth, uh, nineteen eighty six. So, almost actually, <laughs> we we're actually very close to the twenty um, third. No, not twenty third. Forty. I can't math. 
some third number of anniversary of this thing. Um, so, um, should point out the director of this because this has a pretty interesting director. Uh, and it is one of the fir- not the first, but one of the first directorial um, works by one Koichi uh, Masumo, who is a name that if you're familiar with anime, you might know him as the founder of a uh, was it an animation group called B Train? Mm-hmm. Yes, and some of the works that B Train did were, I believe, was it Dot Hack, Madlax. Uh, let's see, Noir. There was also Casador de la Bruja. There was. Uh... They they also did the uh, they did the original dot hack sign. They also did dot hack uh, liminality, which were the discs that came with the dot hack games. Yes. Um, B train is really good, and also they're responsible for for helping and bringing about one of my favorite anime composers. So, so yeah, there's... my undying love of Yuki Kajira. So uh, one other thing that he worked on, I don't believe was B-Train, but he also worked on Dominion Take Police, which is also very interesting. Um, so he's the main director of this. Um, apparently this was written by one uh, Hiroyuki Yoshiyama, Hoshiyama, who didn't really, it didn't seem to have anything other major, but um, he was apparently an episode writer for the original Gundam. He also writ, wrote episodes for City Hunter and Yurisei Yatsura. Um, so... Apparently, a lot of people who worked on your so yes, sir, or we talked about today. So yes, uh, those are that's kind of the production. Um, uh, production company was Nippon Sunrise. Um, let's see. So that is kind of the more major people behind it. Um, so um, one thing that I will want to point, I do want to point out because. Um, uh, it is something that is future prominent in the, mo- the movie, and that's the music. Uh, the music in this thing is fantastic. Yes. Uh, and this one is probably a little bit too popular that I don't want to actually play it in case we get in trouble for it. Because I bet you that this, yeah, this, is was... some- this is something that probably would actually have... Um... Yeah. No, I, I was actually problem. listening to the soundtrack for the next few days after we watched this together. <laughs> Yeah, so um, just to point out, a majority of this music was uh, written by one Miki uh, Matsubara, uh, who apparently um, wrote the songs Safari Eyes, which is the opening theme. Uh, there is an insert song that is called Over the Top, which is apparently to the tune of Safari Eyes, and also the ending theme, which is Pas de Deux. It's French. Pas de Deux, maybe? Mm. P-A-S-D-E-D-U-X? Bitch, I don't know French. Yeah, I'll just leave it at that. Apologize no, to no, anyone no. Who, listens, who speaks French. Um, but there is also there is apparently a, another insert song that is called "Matters to Me" that was by the band Poker Face, wow, which mm-hmm. even in, which was uh, apparently sung in English, even in the Japanese version. And it seems like uh, one of the production companies uh, in English did do some dubbing for the music. It seemed like I believe some of the songs were more in english than it seemed like they uh that was actually the songs themselves okay uh having having listened to the soundtrack several times at this point (laughs) okay so guess we'll just leave it at that so uh let's actually talk about the movie itself so um (laughs) one thing i so I can't exactly remember what version of the which dub we we couldn't figure out which dub we actually watched. Do you remember? Think... No, which one was Wendy Lee in? Wendy Lee was in the Streamline one. Then I think we watched the ADV one. Okay. Um. So, just to point out, just a fun thing because it's funny whenever I see his name. Um, the Streamline version was done was apparently directed by one Carl Masek. So, uh, his. Apparently, I don't think it must have had that much of an impact because, if I remember correctly, he is one that uh, kind of cut a lot of older anime back in the early 80s. Or not early 80s, but like in the 90s. But, uh, yeah. Um, So, yeah. uh, I don't know which one it is. And I think, like, this hasn't, like, been, I think, I mean, you can definitely find this on DVD. But I don't think you're getting anything higher than that. But, um, yeah, so uh, let's actually talk about the movie itself. 
So, this movie starts out kind of in a really weird kind of fancy space ski resort. Like, people are just skiing in space. And there's just a bunch of people walking through a ball looking all fancy. Wasn't it also, like, people in fucking swimsuits and shit, too? Yeah, they were, they were like, they were swimming in, like, pools that were, like, filled entirely of space. Like, it's those, like, have you seen the pictures of, like, the pools that are, like, over open air and you can just, it looks like you're, like, you can just see, looking at the bottom of the pools just going straight down? It's kind of like that, but in space. Uh, and it was very interesting opening. Um, so, um... The thing about this space deal or the space station, uh, while this is going on, you have a kind of a plot dump talking about this fantasy um, kind of material called Visorium that basically is a highly smuggled kind of thing because it's used in some, I believe it was powerful, like, was it explosives or was it? It was something that was basically it's necessary for space travel, dude. All right. So, yeah. That is what Visorium is. And we see a Visoria smuggling deal going down that looks almost like a drug deal um, with this woman in a wig. Uh, it, or this woman, this blonde-haired woman, I should say. Because, I mean, it's very clearly shown that, like, even from the opening, uh, that this is definitely uh, one of the dirty pair. Namely, it's, namely it's K. That it is, is K. That is going on with this drug deal. Um, that uh, basically uh, she tries to arrest the people but ends up getting into a massive gunfight uh, and almost takes or almost gets the thing but almost gets the Visorium but uh, it is taken by one of the people who in the deal at the very last moment um, but uh, one of the things that kind of threw them off was Yuri coming in hot in her own little space thing um that was coming down and actually like landed on this little space station that they were on uh, and kind of was a, did she blast her way through in or was it just that or no, I think some one of the bad guys like blew a hole or set, set a bomb. It? Yeah, uh, yeah, it was, I think it was they like set a bomb or some sort of explosive went off. Yeah, and uh, yeah, no, I think specifically they set a bomb as a trap, right? Uh, but they end up capturing one of them, but they see that one of them gets away with the Visorium. Um, and then uh, in that explosion, uh, they ma- the dir- Kane Yuri managed to get away, um, but then an entire space elevator just blows up. So just the whole way down, it fucking explodes. Yeah, it and is just, and just millions of make people die. Yes. Um, yeah, uh, at that point, after that, the, basically it's a shot of a space elevator, uh, and then you get a Naked Lady Bond intro. And that is the intro mm-hmm. of the movie, which is very fitting for theming of Dirty Pair. Um, and yeah, it is a pretty good opening. It also really helps set the tone for what these characters are and how they work. Yes, uh, it is basically... They do their job, but damn... You're all if you're not their target, you're damned because your world is doomed. Even if you are their target, you're damned. Yes. Um, because they definitely it's, it's a they get the job done, but at what cost? Oh yeah, that definitely is basically their modus operandi. Um, because basically, this planet had a giant artificial ring around it, which uh, had been used by people, and connecting to the planet uh, was a space elevator, and they completely blew it up the whole way down oh yeah um so yeah speaking of blowing up uh immediately after the intro we get a scene of aliens blowing up a visorium mining plant um i believe it was a visorium mining plant um to which after that i have in my notes uh as the second most uncomfortable typing scene in an anime uh because uh, we get a vision, of, or we get, not a vision, but we get to see the main bad guy of this movie. Um, because the thing is, is that he has like 3.5 millimeter jacks all over his body, which is used to plug into various computers. And you get... It's, it's specifically on the sides of his head and also on the backs of his hands, and it's just deeply uncomfortable to look at. Yes. Yeah. 
Um, in which I also point out that I see the 3.5 millimeter jack is actually a thing in this future. Um, <laughs> uh, and after that, uh, which I should also mention, we don't uh, learn his la- name until later, but that is one Dr. Watsman. Uh, who he has his own theme, and it is amazing. Can you play the Watsman theme? I don't have no, it available. No, we can't play any of the themes, Stork, no! content ID for the so good podcast. Go, you, you listening to the podcast, you go go look it up. It's really good. It won't get us in trouble for playing it. But uh, I should point out uh, that he is voiced in Japanese by one Chikao... Let's see, that is... Chikao uh, Otsuka. Uh, so his voice, what he has voiced, uh, he was Goemon in the original Loop on the Third TV show. Uh, he was Tao Pai Pai in Dragon Ball. But also, incredibly fittingly, he is also the current voice of Eggman in Japanese. <laughs> so, yes, that worked out pretty well. Um in the streamlined dub, he was voiced by Street, uh, Steve Kramer. And in the ADV dub, he was voiced by John Swayze. Uh, so Steve Kramer, if I'm looking at some of his things that he worked on. Um, let's see. He was... Over here. Um, a lot of these names I'm not familiar with. see oh yeah uh let's see he he also apparently did a lot of actual like acting oh he was a, he did a he was a bit into golden girls apparently oh uh, he's the professor from ape escape uh he did a voice in as some of the soldiers in Drakengard. um he is uh, maybe this makes sense to you guys because I've not watched Naruto. He is the third Hakoge. Ah, okay. Um, a lot. Uh, he was also some voices in Skyrim. So I, maybe that is the streamline one. I'm still not sure. Uh, he's also banishing uh, Shinigami from Blaze Blue. Hell yeah. So, sure. Um, there's that is the streamline actor. Let's see. What about the what about John Swayze? Um, let's see. Looks like a lot of. Let's see. Uh, he's Van Ho- Honenheim from Full Metal Alchemist. The dad. Oh. Okay. Um. Oh, he's uh, Gendo Akari in the director's cut of Neon Genesis Evangelion. He is also... These names are not familiar. Sir Crocodile uh, in One Piece. I think so. Oh, yeah, oh, he's, uh, oh he's, Wong, he's Wong in uh, Darker Than Black. Uh, okay. Um, also, it's going down this list. I thought it said Undertaker from something anybody was from Black, Black Butler or Death and Soul Eater. Um, it's also a voice director, apparently. So, yeah. Anyway. So, yeah, we see there is our villain for this thing. And you can definitely tell that he is very much a almost stereotypical mad scientist kind of dude. I guess as Butler. Although I forgot who his name he's was. He's also just kind of an idiot. He is also very much an idiot. Was this a was the butler's name Bruno? Maybe. Kind of I probably should have written that down. Whatever, just But yes, let's continue on with the plot because his butler uh, also brings up he is basically constantly trying to get his uh master to drink and eat, which he fails to do so. G definitely see because he's a very thin and very old man. Um, but then we he have constantly gets caught up in his work. Yes. Um, so, uh, after that, uh, 
we kind of get to the thing that causes the dirty pair to get involved uh, after the plant uh, explodes, which is basically took place in what is essentially um, that area, that planet's version of Russia. Um, or it seemed like it was going for a very Soviet Union kind of thing or very much workers are assigned or something like that. Or at least the guy who was like the d director of it very seemed very like a stereotypical. Basically all the plants are state owned and run by the state and they're all the workers there are state workers. Yes. Um, but then uh, I think this is something like 60% of jobs are, uh, government jobs. Something like that. It was like, it was a very high number. Um, basically, he ends up calling this dude who is... We could just describe him as extremely American. From his... Just burly-ass motherfucker fucking his secretary. Uh, that's not until later, but yes. But yeah, he is basically... <laughs> yes, him and his secretary, who... Basically, this guy... Was he wearing a cowboy hat? No, I, he wasn't. But he had... Basically, uh, the thing that I I have written he down looked in my like a lumberjack ass motherfucker. Uh, I, I have I have written down in my notes, "Hello, American who believes in capitalism," because that is something <laughs> that he says. Uh, uh, and then also, um, I just the other line I like from this exchange where basically uh, the director guy is complaining to the American dude that basically, um. And basically the guy's like, now hold up, asshole, or something like that. And the guy's like, did you just call me an asshole? Or did you just say asshole or something like the, that? The dialogue is really good. Yeah, they did a really good dub or dubbing job on this. So, um, okay, after so, you no, know, he had a baseball cap. Yeah, that's what it was. He had a baseball cap. He's got like huge fucking sideburns. He's hairy as hell. He just just it's it's great yeah he's got jeans and suspenders with like a button-down shirt that he doesn't button all the way up so you can just see his chest yeah it's it's beautiful it's really good uh, also as a quick aside these are the two main manufacturers of visorium on the planet uh the the state-run one that 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 part of it them uh they produce and refine the visorium on their end while the ultra-American motherfucker, what they do is they just take the raw Visorium and export it. Yes. And this is actually also a point of contention between the two sides. Yes. Um, so, in order to look into that, uh, basically his secretary ends up hiring their dirty pair, uh, the angels, excuse me, um, to actually look into this and see why are these plants being under, basically exploding um, it's also interesting because you see them go onto the planet and uh, also I believe it's at this point where I just have the note of um, uh, impromptu dance number which is where we see uh, Yuri just dancing along to a song that is playing in the background and it's like a mini music video I mean this entire movie is a mini music video at points Yes. Uh, also, I believe here I have the note or the piece of dialogue uh, that came uh, from the director guy that was really good. And I just have the note. Why don't you keep your propaganda in your asshole? I can't exactly remember the context of that, but I just wanted to point out that that's what I have written in my notes. Uh, the, the answer is the state run one is very, very big on that. Yes. So, um, basically they start, uh, arriving at the base and see that it is kind of deserted, uh, because there's nothing there. Uh, so they're just kind of taking a look, look around. Uh, but what do they come across? But some baths. So they decide to just in the middle of taking a look, just take a bath. Um, it is at this point, uh, where, uh, we are introduced to another character, which we have actually seen before, uh, because it turns out that it is the guy who ended up running up with the Visorium during the drug bust. Or not the drug bust, the Visorium kind of smuggling bust. Uh, so he is doing things, he is kind of going around in the vents of the plant in order to kind of uh, 
kind of scope the thing out. And wouldn't you know it, he happens to come across uh, Kay and Yuri in the bath. And wouldn't you manage to find out that he falls out of the bath and lands exactly where you imagine that he would. Or no, I think it, I, I think that he ends up ending up being landing in uh, Yuri's thing, Yuri's bath, and then ends up getting kicked out into Kay's bath, where he lands in a very convenient, a very gropey position. And it is very 80s anime hijinks that are kind of problematic. But anyway, yes, uh, this is where we are introduced uh, more formally to Carson D. Carson, who um, has an interesting set of voice actors, uh, namely uh, his Japanese voice actor is Katsuki Mori, uh, who is definitely a veteran because there's two names, big names associated to him, uh, namely Cyborg 009. And also Ken the Eagle uh, from Gachaman. Or kind of big big and kind of old rules. Um, his streamlined voice actor is Kerrigan Mahan. And his uh, ADV uh, voice actor is David Matraga. Which, let me see real quick if I can see anything about either of these two. Um, he voice acted Champ in Zillion. Uh, he is Yamcha in the uh, Harmony Gold version of Dragon Ball. Harmony Gold in a version of Dragon Ball? Yes, and it cut out a lot. But it's Dragon Ball classic, so they definitely did a lot of cutting out. Oh, also apparently he <laughs> he did voices in things like Dr. Doolittle. Uh, he was a voice actor in Bebe's Kids. Ugh. Um... He is did a did a couple of voice act voices in Halo Two. Um, also apparently some in some various versions of. He also did some stuff. Oh, he's Goldar from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. But yeah, that is uh, that is um, what's his name, Kerrigan Mahan, and we also have David Matranga. Ooh, let's see. Uh, he was Genjo Sanzo in the in Sayuki. Um Braeros in Appleseed X Machina. And this. Let me scroll down and see more recent stuff. Um let's see. Uh Shoto Todoroki in My Hero Academia. Oh, no. He has some voices for Italia, but it's not people that I know. Um. Yeah, that's... Yeah, that's... These are kind of the major names that I've recognized. So. Uh, there is... That is David Matranga. Or, Mat yeah, Matranga. So... Uh, after Carson introduces himself and has fun hijinks, uh, he kind of joins them for the ride, uh, or basically uh, they kind of capture him and handcuff him because to turn him in. Uh, but it was at this point where they end up getting attacked by xenomorphs, or things that look like xenomorphs. And like you do. Weirdly enough, they are attracted to Visorium for some reason. So. Uh, basically, once they get attacked, they realize, let's just get out of here. Uh, they all leave on their hovercraft, where basically uh, Kay and Yuri interrogate them, or interrogate Carson, who is just in his underwear. And they're kind of doing the thing where they're about to kick him off the, uh, the thing while it's flying. Um, so basically, they kind of try to interrogate him for a while. Uh, they don't really find anything. Um, and basically... Uh, after that, they kind of realized, oh, hey, something. Um, they realized, actually, while we're trying to work on this, I think we saw kind of similar motives. Let's just kind of work together on this after a while. No, uh, no, it's less work together and just let's not get in each other's ways. That That's probably more right. So um, at this point. Also, they are barely clothed this entire time. 
I mean, they are they in general, but they are specialists. To use them as clothes, and then when they start fucking with the other dude, they steal his clothes and cut it up to make more covering outfits, though not by much. Yeah, not by much. But then again, their normal outfits not covering much either. So that dude's now in his undies, and they're scantily clad as well. Yes. And they are uh, dressed like this for the rest of the fucking movie. Yep. Yep. So <laughs> after this, we get a we get a cut to um, Dr. Watsman working on an experiment featuring there's just a woman or a naked woman just sitting in a, in a jar. Uh, then he has her come out of the jar. Uh, then she melts. Uh, also, there's a lot of flashing in this in this movie. Uh, in especially a yeah. fortunate amount of flashing. Yeah, if you are... Yeah. If you are prone to like seizures or anything, this is not a movie you'd want to watch. Or if just in general you're you're very sensitive to flashing lights. Yes. Um but then um they kind of crawl around, kind of they kind of lurk around the base a little bit, trying to look at things. Um then they end up getting into kind of uh, they end up getting into the whole, um, what is it that he is a man, so therefore stronger or something like that. And also gender that, politics, yeah, basically a bunch of nonsense, gender politics kind of Bio stuff. Uh, <laughs> there you go. That's the word. Nonsense. basically end up getting into a spat that ends up getting their gun kicked into the area that they need to be in. So, and then they try and uh, I think are they trying to kind of get down into the area or are they trying to get the gun but he ends up falling or no she basically K ends up falling into it trying to grab the gun uh, which K or Yuri tries and picks him up or picks her up uh, but then Carson tries and picks Yuri up uh, the problem is, is that this is a dirty pair thing and also an 80s anime. So he grabs her by the bikini bottom. So basically almost uh, ripping it off. Also, before they fell in, we get a shot of Watsman <clears throat> talking to a stone, if memory serves, uh, and yelling out about something like genetic record and also going on about how that what's in that stone has been biding its time collecting genetic information. So it can survive I, past the human race. Yes. Yep. So yeah, yes. we, we basically learn his MO, which is basically making a species to go beyond the human race. Yes. Uh, that is the Project Eden, which has an acronym, but I forgot to write it down. Whoops. And yeah, uh, basically after that scene, um, they, and also there's a thing where they're, they like try and point a gun at each other, uh, kind of forgetting the fact that there's actually two guns between them. Yeah, that was like what happened. You have the other gun. You can. So yeah, that that was a weird kind of thing. Uh, also, at that, that point where we realized that Kay has the hots for Carson, like you do in this like kind of do. movie. Uh, also, the area that they go and then they kind of lower themselves down into the area that Doctor Watsman is in, uh, which has a lot of hexes in it. I noted. It is very much like a European board game. There's that a lot of hexes. Um, so with that, um, also I have written down that actually before, uh, basically he kind of leaves. Also at this point, uh, Dr. Watsman has some sort of orb bath. Which yeah, like this, it's really weird. Like he's just sitting in a bathtub that's filled with these pink orbs that look like they're cushiony just rolling around in them it's weird yeah and it's like trying to wipe himself off also or like brush himself Mm -hmm. looks kind of uncomfortable (laughs) and yes this is also a scene uh when kay and yuri are uh end up getting spotted in carson uh there's a fight scene that plays which i point out that the old man gets his own theme while the fight scene plays also, I am noted down that the action in this movie kind of looks like it would fit into a Laserdisc game. <laughs> That's right. You even said mm. that. Yeah. Uh, it just has that kind of, whoop, here's something, and then it react Like, you could map that onto a Laserdisc game pretty easily. 
Also, if memory serves, the aliens at this point start coming alive from the stones. Correct. Uh, also, at this point, basically, um, they end up getting, ca- or I should say, uh, Kay and Carson end up getting captured by being sucked up into this vacuum thing where they have a scene where they are holding holding hands, trying not to get captured, but they let they end up letting go and they end up getting into the tubes. Uh, then this weird existential, weird philosophical scene plays. That's basically just colored, like it's just a colored space in them, and then them, or the two of them in like figures just standing there talking to each other. You're not exactly sure what's going on. Uh, but then when they wake up, they are um, basically in these capsules. Uh, also at this time. Suspended in weird barrel things. Yeah. Uh, then Yuri has managed to find monster camouflage. Uh, no, it's not she manages to find monster camouflage. It's she kills her way through a bunch of monsters and ends up under one of the bodies. Yes. Um, so, uh, yeah. Uh, basically, Kay, or Kay and Carson... Uh, also, at this point, since um, I believe... Apparently, it's something like that. Basically, with Kay and Carson, they end up getting their DNA uh, scanned. Extracted. Yeah, extracted. Yeah. Uh, and at this point, this is where the base uh, opens up and basically just becomes a Dr. Wily's fortress. Like, it is just straight up. Uh, it's so, mis- yeah, he, he extracts the DNA thinking that they are the next step in evolution after all his attempts uh, for these aliens. He thought they were aliens specifically. Uh, so uh, he extract their information and start using it in more of them so he can build more of this alien race. Yes. So, now that... Doctor, and now that Doctor Watsman uh, has almost completed his thing, uh, it is almost it is time for him to open up the drink that he has been saving all this time. And it is at this point in which we have another key plot point of this movie, uh, and the entire reason why it basically we get Carson's backstory, uh, because it turns out Carson is not after like Doctor Watsman or anything that he is doing. He is after. A bottle of wine. The victory wine. The victory wine that Charles de Gaulle had sealed away. Uh, because at this point in the future, only like five bottles of it less, or last. And Dr. Watson was saving it for when he sa- uh, finished Project Eden to drink of it. Um, so that's, that's vinegar. It's that, fucking vinegar. That's going to be nasty. Yeah, it's vinegar. Hundreds of year old wine, like no, that's that's fucking vinegar. Yeah. Also, also we pointed out, uh, or we noted, uh, the eugenics doctor really likes the anti-Nazi wine. <laughs> yes, that's yeah. right. <laughs> um, yeah. So basically, Yuri comes along. I believe it's Yuri that comes along and ends up freeing both Carson and Kay. Uh, uh, which also, once again. Our doctor, the good doctor, thinks that she is the next step in evolution because she has the husk of one of the deep monsters on her. Yes. Yes. Um, and then I have noted, um, because this is also when uh, I believe. So I don't. I forgot what its name is, but uh, basically, uh, they have or Kay and Yuri have a kind of pet companion with them, or they like, and it's something that's just part of the franchise. Uh, that ends up it's driving. It's not really relevant in the movie. Yeah, because he only shows up like once or twice. Um, but shows up with basically their ship, uh, so they have all their weaponry now, and gets it gets dropped in, and then basically it falls into a hole. And we see Kay, Yuri, and Carson fall into or go into that hole, and when they come up, they're all decked out in power gear, and then a power ballad plays, and there's I have I have this note: time for a power ballad and a shit ton of flashing. It was. Yep painful just the amount of just it was a cool fight but it was just flashes all over the place yeah i I was actually in genuine pain um also um so also i i have the note because at this point uh dr watsman also brings up or unleashes uh his aliens that he has to fight them or i guess that he gets made with his dna they're newly injected with the dna yeah uh, uh, which I have noted, uh, especially because it's, I guess, came from K, um, that the what they are fighting are titty aliens with notable asses. 
Very nice asses, yes. Yes. Um, and yeah. Um, Don't they also it, have like tentacles too? Yeah, they. I think they have a couple tentacles as well. Like, but no heads. Then, they have no heads. Yeah, right. no heads. Um. So uh, basically, there is a huge fight scene of Kay and Yuri just blowing a whole bunch of them away. Um, also, Car- Carson gets in a little bit on the fight, but what he is more after is that wine, because we get a little bit of his backstory. Uh, he is essentially a thief, and the one thing that he had taken away from him uh, is basically he stole that wine. But when he stole the wine, it ended up he ended up getting like like he was in an alley and he get popped by the butler. He and, got fucking mugged by the butler. Uh, who really wanted that wine as well. And the butler and Carson get into a fight. And the butler has essentially a lightsaber. That's like this. It's almost like the like a stun baton kind of like uh, retractable club kind of thing that has a laser sword at the end of it. And basically they get into a fight. Uh, but unfortunately Carson gets stabbed. And then... It, it's also what's great is that you see the scene happen um, as basically all the audio stops and it's just in slow motion like a fight scene's happening in the background and there's just nothing here nothing playing um so yes um also while this is going on there's a whole bunch of explosions as Kay and Yuri fight the aliens and then uh, your uh, K and Yuri end up find or find Carson bleeding on this little walkway thing, and they have kind of a little like they have a speech together and basically saying, "Oh hey, I like you," and then basically have a discussion that um, it's great because there is a line there that I really like, and that basically it's like, um. Carson, it's they call back to Carson, basically saying, "Hey, you said that when you when we were out of here that you were going to like do something," uh, and then uh, Carson says, "I can't remember anything because I've lost too much blood." Yup. <laughs> Doesn't she also then give him a gun from her her uh, power armor? I believe so. And then he has the you- wine in the other hand that he pops the fuck open <laughs> and starts drinking out of. Yes. <laughs> so it's like, ah, it's some good wine. Uh, at that point, basically, you see that scene where Carson does that and basically blasts a whole bunch of aliens, and then uh, over t- over the top plays, and it's a really good song. And then, basically, uh, Kay and Yuri come across Doctor Watsman, and they end up capturing him. Yeah, over the top plays as they proceed to fuck everything the hell up. Yes. And then basically, uh, there's a scene that looks like Kay, or that Kay is about to kill Dr. Watsman, but they end up not. They end up capturing him and the butler. Um, and then there's sad violins as they kind of go to the thing with them in tow. Uh, but it turns out Carson lived. And basically is wounded, but is 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 alive and basically they have a reunion or a happy reunion and uh basically they fly away um but then um as they're flying away they they see that they have the lightsaber thing or basically they take it i think they take it from someone or they, they just happen to have it um uh, the lightsaber was the butler's and they took it from him they took it from him, but then K, it's either K or Yuri, kind of takes a look at it. And is like, as it's flying away, and you see this okay. happy music playing. You see, they see the the lightsaber. It's like, ah, oh, we don't need this. They throw it over the edge, and it falls, and it falls, falls onto a control panel, and activ- activates Project Eden. And what we see next is everyone dying. <laughs> Literally everyone on the planet getting swarmed with uh, aliens as they come out from underneath the crust of the planet and proceed to swarm everything. And literally we see everyone dying on the planet as Uh, they leave. Especially the the American dude who is boning his secretary at the time. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. 
But hey, K got laid. It's a happy ending. And then the credits. Exactly. And then the credits in which K and Yuri are laying or sitting in cocktail cocktail baths. That are yeah. look extremely uncomfortable. But yeah, and then it just that's just how it ends. It, that, you know, that's how, in usual dirty pair fashion. Everything's yep, fucking every, destroyed. But yep, everyone dies. accomplished. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that that that's how that ends. <laughs> it was an absolutely fantastic movie and a lot of fun the whole way through. Yes, yes absolutely. It, it is an incredibly fun movie. <laughs> um It's great then they made a really shitty game based on it. That had almost yeah, it's like to... astounding how bad the game is and then how fucking fantastic yeah, it is. It's ridiculous. Man, watching that movie and then going back to that game, holy man. I mean, you can kind of see some of the things like they they had the alien enemies, they had the little glider thing. There was some base going in, but Lord howdy, that game sucked even more now. Because <laughs> it's like Man, you could have made something really cool, but no, you didn't. You made this. Yeah. I can't think of any other Dirty Pair games. So I think there might be some based on the original Dirty Pair for like a really early uh, Japanese computer, but man. Yeah, that, that sucked, especially for that movie, because that movie's really good. Yeah. The movie was incredibly fun the whole way through. Like, it was great, and the cause, we were just fucking losing it the entire goddamn time. <laughs> yeah, that was... God, that was such a good movie. So I was even tempted to t- watch it a second time right after we'd watched it. Yeah. So I, I'm curious. I kind of would want to watch it in Japanese. That way I could at least make sure of which voice actor is which. <laughs> um, but yes... Uh, yeah, and that's a sh- that's a real shame that that's not available for anything. Like, I really wish that there was like a Blu-ray version of it. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a Blu-ray version in Japan, but yeah, maybe, but it's not well, going to be in English. Yeah, the the issue is Streamline and ADV are both dead. Well, yes. Let's not get into the hot <laughs> fucking quagmire mess that is Sentai. Sentai Filmworks. <laughs> Can't believe they bought ADV for a dollar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, I think let's let's go ahead and rank this thing. So, like two or three easily. Yeah. Let's well, let's see. So, uh, just to kind of clarify, if you have not, if this is for some reason your first uh, episode of Media Delta, um. Or, I guess, Retro and Grapsity, which you should probably put a lot of this in context. But anyway, we have a 1 to 21 ra- uh, rating scale for what we rank these. Uh, with 1 being uh, what we consider Universal Mastercraft, which is basically top of the top. With basically, d- there's no niche would. or basically, it's just a f- phenomenal thing all around. The 21. Uh, which is basically don't even bother. There is not even ironic value in listening to the, or watching this. It's just not good. Um, so yeah, let's. Uh, so we have our essence list, which is what this will go in. So, uh, yeah. So I this, like I this, said, easily two or three. Yeah. So, Tarfa, what are your thoughts? I say like maybe a three. Yeah, I can I can definitely see. I'm thinking a three for this. That's fine with me. Because it, it's just it's just a really good movie. It's incredibly fun the whole way through. Yeah. The pacing is actually surprisingly good. Yeah, because there's, there's, there's one kind of lull, which is around the time the bath happens. But other than that. Yeah, it's like when it's starting to get going and they're like first going into the base which just makes it a little slow but other than that it's just a phenomenal movie all around um in this century six i think that was 80 i'll look it up i have 86 okay i'll take your word for it okay and this was directed by also help, I'm listening to the OST now. You have only yourself. 
You say it like it's a bad thing, Carnival. Probably what I should do after this. Uh, so this is theatrical oh, it's so release. fucking good. Okay, space. It's space. Yes. It is space. Sci-fi. And... Anime. Okay, uh... I was gonna say it's either anime or I do have a tone that was it was only acceptable in the eighties. I mean, it is eighties as hell. Let's be real. Yeah, I think it, this is more it, fitting of eighties. Dirty Parrot is the eighties. True. Uh, this it's one hundred percent better than the game. game. Yeah, that's not even a question. Um. So yes, we also check to see if it is better than game. Uh, kind of photosensitivity. That is photosensitivity. Kind of the, also, technically, I guess I should put H there because there is some slight, like surprisingly low for something you'd imagine to be very fan servicey, but it's still there. Um, music is fucking music, music. is good. So uh, to talk about uh, like pointing out things like music, charm, uh, cine- uh, cinematography, theatric or kind of storytelling, uh, the action. And the art. Uh, I, I kind of want to put thumbs up across the board. Yeah, I kind of just want to go a whole across the board thing. The one thing I would maybe question putting a thumbs up is the story itself, because it the is. The story was, yeah, very basic. Even if I yeah. enjoy the entire idea being that this mad scientist is a fucking idiot who's up his own ass. Yeah, that's fair. The story itself isn't like something completely like i i still love the the mad scientist thinking that he created something new only be just normal ass people yeah um okay, so what do we have for the yays I, I don't remember the emojis for this one yeah because it's uh let's see what do we got we have uh for yay we have campy charm just plain cool made of abundant love and made with fun. abundant love made with abundant love i would also say simply f- well, actually, no, because there's also the neutral stuff right above that, so I kind of want to look oh, at that. Oh, let's see. We got cinematic. And also, some remember some of these are from the games more. Um, so, cinema, uh, cinematics, color palette. Uh, Hammer, that's not going to work for this. Uh, length. And if it doesn't work, that doesn't work. That doesn't work. Sound effects. And yeah. Yeah, I'd say like made with abundant love. Also, simply fun. Yeah, that's work. Let's see. Oh, hey, over the top just came on. Weird. Um. So we got that, and we got that. Um. Let's see. Anything to point? I don't. I can't think of anything really to point out. Nope. Seems fun to me. Yeah, that's. I mean, that is. I mean, this movie is just really good. It is it's a, really fucking good. Yeah. It's like an hour, it was an hour and a half. An hour and a half, something like. Yeah, so it is pretty good. Um, yeah, I think that will do it for Dirty Pair Project Eden. So, with that, um, is there anything that both of you, either of you want to plug? Uh, I guess as its old hat, I will plug Boogeyman Buddies and actual play tabletop uh, podcast that both Torp and I are on. There's a different campaigns going on that are thankfully labeled fairly well, so you won't have to worry about where to start. So, I, I mean, I need to plug the holes these aliens are crawling through because it's becoming a huge fucking problem. You really should check that. Get that checked out. You seem to have a lot of holes. I suppose. Anyway, uh, with that, that brings us to uh, that closes out our discussion on Dirty Pair Project Eden and brings us to uh, what we're talking about next week. So next week we are talking <laughs> about the we are finally breaking free of anime and actually talking about a movie, like a live action movie. You'll what, never what be free of anime. Movie. I mean, this. Also, to be fair, this practically is an anime because we are talking about the live-action Street Fighter movie, the one starring Jean Claude Van Damme. So good. Um, 
I fucking love this movie so much. And that is going to be our discussion for next week. And we have plenty of people to talk about it. So it's going to be a special. It's going to be a very interesting episode. It's going to break formula for a thing that has only been around for a couple weeks. Mm. Or in this case. So good. Yes. We will talk about that more more in depth next week. So with that, thank you all for watching. For listening, I guess. Because it's an audio thing. Words. Goodbye. Thank you all for listening to Media Delta. If you want to see the full ranking list for yourself, you can go to r3.lvp.life in your browser, and that will take you straight to the list. If you would like to watch Retro Rank Rhapsody, this show's sister series in which we play the games that the shows that we are talking about on Media Delta are based on, you can watch them be recorded live on Twitch at twitch.tv slash loadthepuzzlo. Episodes are recorded live at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Fridays, 2.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Saturdays, and 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Sundays. Or, alternatively, you can watch all episodes on YouTube by going to youtube.ltp.life. You can follow the show's Twitter by going to at Story, or my personal Twitter at LoloThePuzzlo. If you want to discuss the show with others, you can join the official Discord channel by going to discord.ldp.life in your browser, where you can also vote in polls to determine what episodes will be coming next for both RetroRank Rhapsody and Media Delta. Again, thank you all for listening, and I hope that you come back for the next episode.